podcast. My name is Corey O'Flanagan. And I am Leanne Davidson. And this episode is brought to you by Avail Car Sharing. Rental cars are so 2019. In 2020, we borrow cars instead of renting cars. Avail Car Sharing makes driving easy by connecting locals who have cars with travelers who need cars. Mm -hmm. All state insurance coverage on every single trip. And they're now available in Denver, Chicago, Phoenix, Houston, Dallas, and Salt Lake City. This just keeps growing. Use promo code SMALLWORLDS to get $15 off when you book a car today. Learn more at www.availcarsharing.com. That's A-V-A-I-L carsharing.com. So today we are going to take you to one of the most unique and beautiful countries we have ever visited, Sri Lanka. We love Sri Lanka. We are going to talk about the mid-center part where we went on a safari, visited Sigiri, also known as Lion Rock Temple, and had an early morning elephant encounter. Quite the ordeal. I should say wild elephant encounter. Yeah. Uh, we went and spent Christmas in Kandy, which sounds lovely. And uh, the surrounding areas, including a whirlwind two-day tour of all the waterfalls. Then we took the Kandy to Ella train and spent some time in Ella. And then we went to the stunning Marissa and the Southern Beaches. And don't forget to check out our website, www.smallworldspodcast.com and our social media at Small Worlds Podcast to see more. Yeah, check out the YouTube as well. Just search Small Worlds Podcast. We are starting to get a nice little library of videos by the amazing editor extraordinaire, Leanne Davidson. Stop it, stop it. Okay, I will. So, Sri Lanka, if you don't know, is just south of the Indian subcontinent at the intersection of the Arabian Sea, the Indian Ocean, and the Bay of Bengal. It's one of the most biodiverse places in the world and is sometimes known as the Tear of India. Or Serendip used to be the old name under English rule, and we understand why. Uh, it's very serendipitous, I think that's the word. Um, but the capital city is Colombo, which is also the legislative and financial capital. It's the biggest city with a population of approximately 600,000. A huge amount of money is being invested, so it can become a main Asian hub, kind of in comparison to Singapore and Bangkok. Yeah, we've we, you kind of use this as your hub to come fly in and then fly back out, so a lot of people don't spend too much time in Colombo, but we have been here for a couple of days, and um, it's a beautiful, clean, up-and-coming city. You just kind of get that vibe going around. Yeah, pleasantly surprised. So Sri Lanka as a whole is split into seven regions. There's Colombo, then the hill country, the west coast, the south, the east, the ancient cities, Jaffna, and the north. You have pristine turquoise ocean and white sand beaches, lush green mountainous areas with peaks up to 2,500 meters, grasslands with wild elephants and high rocky plateaus. A huge area of tea plantations and there's endless amounts of waterfalls. Two national parks. It's amazing. The animal life is abundant. We've got sloth bears to elephants, monkeys to leopards, sea turtles, migrating whales. Yeah, so you fly into Colombo and then you go from there to see all these amazing sites. Currently, most countries get a 30-day visa upon arrival as tourism is becoming easier and more popular. We, as travelers, have found we want to stay for even longer. Good news, extensions are possible. We'll dive into that a little bit later. 
Typical accommodations are homestays with local families, hotels, and some hostels. Yeah, there's loads of very budget-friendly with simple and nice accommodation costing between around... Costing between US dollars 10 to 20 per night. More budget friendly accommodations are also available, as well as the high end luxuries. Yeah, tourism is growing, and you can see the growth with new hotels and increasing numbers of tour companies happening everywhere. So you've got Sri Lankan rupee as the currency. The exchanges as of January 2020 is 180 rupees to the $1 US. That's right. Wi-Fi is readily available at most, if not all, accommodations and cafes, restaurants, etc., etc. They do work well. Um, there's actually way fewer power outages than in India also. The ease of travel is 6 out of 10. Many ways to get around, including renting a car, hiring a driver, bus, train, tuk-tuk, or your old two legs. It loses points because of less predictable schedules, the lack of road maintenance, and overall comfort of trains and buses. Yeah, you go on that third-class train, and you, uh, you're you going to sweat. You're going to no sweat a lot. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And also, if you know your stop is coming up, get prepared to get off the train, because there is no order to anything, and it is just madness. People literally get on before you even got your backpack on, and you actually have to get mean because you'll have, like, 20 people not letting you off the train, and you've got your bag, and you're dragging it behind, knocking people over. It's ridiculous. I've never seen it. Leanne was flailing those limbs, and I think she might have knocked out an old lady. I think I gave... She wasn't old. She was around your age. She's fairly old. And she took an elbow to the chest. (laughs) But she wouldn't move out my way. One thing we would like to mention is that following the horrific act of terrorism in April of 2019, the country and its people have responded wonderfully. They are so friendly. Everyone's always eager to greet you with a smile. We cannot stress enough that people should not be deterred from coming here. These sorts of things unfortunately happen all over the world, but the Sri Lankan people are strong, so come and visit. Um, The tourism is really helping them, and it is growing. So we are going to focus on Wilpatu National Park and also Sigaria Rock. From this point forward, we're going to refer to it as Lion Rock because I cannot say that word. And also, that's its other name. It's true. You might know that, is it? Who knows? So, Will Patu, beat the crowds and do a safari here. Yeah, four-hour train ride from Colombo, easy to get to. Most people end up coming to this part of the country anyway to see Lion's Rock. Uh, that The national park is about two hours away from the rock, and we feel it is worthwhile to add it to your time here. You can find many accommodations, and most of them will also arrange the tour for you. We definitely suggest going for the morning tour, um, just because typically I feel like it's the best time to see animal life, and also lots of people don't like to wake up that early, so it can be a lot quieter than the evening tour. The same opportunities to see what you can at Yala, um, which is the most visited national park in Sri Lanka. This, this includes elephants, leopards, sloth bears, spotted deer, jackals, water buffalo, and many, 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 many more animals and birds. You're going to want to bring some binoculars and a good camera with zoom capabilities, um, a rifle with a scope, anything to help you zoom in because some of these are you're going to see from afar. Um, and definitely want to bring some patience. Yeah, we were super lucky to see a leopard and a sloth bear up close. We felt we would have enjoyed the tour regardless of seeing these primary attractions because of the overall beauty of the park and just the enjoyment of the drive. It's important to understand that wildlife is wild and life, and uh, it doesn't go by a human schedule. So set your expectations 
But uh, we really just had a fantastic time there. Hey, I like to abide by the expression, set your expectations low, avoid disappointment. Just appreciate the natural beauty. That's why she's with me. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, you can expect to pay around 100 US dollars per person for the half-day tour, and that should include breakfast and a little snickety snack. Yeah. You should most certainly take a day or two and visit the Lion's Rock in the area surrounding it. Um, the actual rock itself is really beautiful, but it is pretty pricey to climb, 30 US dollars. The pro tip is to climb the peak right next to it, which is called, I'm going to butcher this, Piduragala. Piduragala. Yeah, where you get the view of the rock and the area. This one's only $5, much prettier for photography, as you can see the colors of the lion's rock, and you just, you get up to the same height and you get the same views, and you're saving 25 bucks. Yeah, definitely plan, if you are going on that route, definitely plan the trip at sunset if it's possible just so you can really bring out the colors. Uh, and the park opens 6.30 till 7, so going up for sunrise is tough, but again, it is very nice, and yeah. there's no people that early. It's a moderate hike up to the top of either peak, plan on taking, plan on it taking you probably around 60 to 90 minutes, depending on your fitness level. Leanne did Lion's Rock in 30 minutes, but she was being chased by a wild puppy, so she had her hustle handy. Hey, those things are crazy. Yeah, she even wouldn't let him. She wouldn't let her feed you. I know, I tried to give her my banana because the poor thing was so hungry. Uh, we want to give you a quick little personal story here. While we were on our way, we tried to go for sunrise and get some drone footage of the rock. We wanted to, even though we kind of got caught in a little bit of the rainy season, we were just hopeful that the clouds might break and we might be able to get the shot that we were looking for. So we were on our scooter at before sunrise at 5.30 a.m. in the pitch black came around the corner and all of a sudden we're within 15 feet of a massive bull elephant. So happy to see him, but so terrified two minutes later. Crazy. I turn around to like be like, oh my god, Leanne, look at it. And like, as I'm doing that, the poor guy turned on us and let out a trumpet sound. Something like that. Nothing like that. And he gave us a threatening little rush. He kind of just... He came, charged he, us. He charged at us. And we dropped the scooter. Fortunately, both of us went off of the same side of the scooter, ditched our bags, and we ran back about 75 meters before turning to see if he was still in pursuit. Fortunately, he just warned us out of his area. And um, the thing was that we just... He was as startled as we were, so... It was terrifying. It oh was fucking God. terrifying, but wow. really beautiful at the same time. It woke us up, and we didn't get to see elephants when we were at the National Park, so we got up close and personal with this guy. Uh-huh. So yeah, we waited for him to finish meandering the roadside and eating whatever he was eating, and then got the courage to drive past him with our hearts a-pumping. Uh, yeah, and then just for... Well, we were alert and ready at this point, but two kilometers down the road, we came across another one. But this time, like I said, we were alert, we were ready. We patiently waited for him, um, and we kept our distance because we could see him, because it was a bit lighter as well. Um, it was definitely scary, and it is important to be prepared to learn about what to do in case you do find yourself encountering one of these creatures in the wild. According to YouTube, we did it all wrong. You're not supposed to run. You're not supposed to beep your horn. You're just supposed to wait. There, I have arguments with that. But, but you tell us how you feel when a wild elephant is charging towards you. You tell, you tell us that you didn't run. And I'd be very impressed. You're half asleep. I mean, 
I, I was really happy with how we handled it overall, even though technically that's probably not what David Attenborough would have done. David would have spoken to him. <laughs> Just told him to relax. Calmed him with his that voice. That voice would have calmed anything down. <laughs> hey everybody, what's that? I hear? Oh, it's the sound of your mouse clicking on the subscribe button. Don't forget to review. Don't forget to tell your friends. Five stars. Five stars makes us happy. So let's talk a little bit about candy and the surrounding areas. This part of the country is just beautiful. It's known for its thick forests and cool mornings as you enter the mountainous region from the north. It's a great place to spend a few days and check out this culturally rich city. Candy was a lot more populated than I was expecting. It was super modern um, than I thought it might have been. There was a central market, cafes, restaurants. Along, there was a really pretty walkway along the river. All ranges of accommodation from luxury to basic. Uh, the Candy City Center. The KCC. Woo! Uh, there was a massive modern mall where the locals tend to do a lot of hanging out. And for all of you gamers out there, there's a sick virtual reality games arcade. It's so much fun and it's so cheap. We spent Christmas Day there and... I had so much fun. It was fun. We were like the only white people doing it, so we definitely had a crowd around us. Um, and I even got a little stomach, I got a little oh, seasickness oh, on one of those. Old Mano Flanagan over here used his tokens to go on a motion ride. Boring. I was... And, um, after being very underwhelmed for like a whole five minutes of going on a fake roller coaster, he came off with motion sickness. Yeah. I was busy shooting people and he... Oh, he put I needed to get out of that crowded mall after that. <laughs> well, it was well funny though because it was Christmas Day. There was like a festival going outside and we walked downstairs and we just see, we look up and we just see this person get thrown maybe 25 foot from a crowd and they were just throwing him and catching him and throwing him and catching him. It was very impressive. They know how to party in Candy. They really do. One of the main attractions in Candy is the Temple of the Tooth where they claim to have one of the Buddha's teeth. Um, we didn't end up going into the temple just because every day that we went and checked it out, the lines were way longer than we were willing to wait for, especially in that heat. And we're not quite sure on the confirmation of if it is actually Buddha's tooth or someone else's tooth? There's a lot of, um, I mean, Leanne just had a couple teeth extracted. Maybe they just put one of hers in there. Maybe they've been sold on the black market. Who knows? We've been spending a lot of time at a dentist, so we skipped it. There's a beautiful botanical garden, which is a really nice place to escape the noise and the vehicle exhaust smells for a little while. Definitely recommend going in the morning to beat the heat. Gotta beat the heat, guys. Grab yourself a driver or a motorbike and go explore some of the amazing countryside surrounding this city. We spent two days doing exactly that, chasing waterfalls, and we want to share our one-day itinerary with you. So from Candy, we headed south to Devon Falls, which took about two and a half hours. This one is a 97-meter waterfall that splits into two. Uh, there's a viewpoint where most people go, but it's possible to stand at the top of the waterfall from a short hike off the road. From here, you can drive another 20 minutes to Main St. Clair Falls. Wider and shorter falls, but great to see, and the countryside surrounding is gorgeous. You can grab some lunch at one of the viewpoint restaurants in the area. Yeah, it's very nice. This whole drive is just remarkable. You're going to leave early in the morning if you're going to try and knock this all out in one day, so you're going to see the cloud cover just kind of rise up. 
Um, as you're leaving lunch, you're going to head towards Ramboda. It's a smaller village in the countryside. It's about an hour and a half scooter ride from the falls. By now, you're going to have noticed all the tea plantations in the area. Feel free to stop into one of these and get a tour and a nice little taste of tea. Mm-hmm. Ramboda has to have the stat of having the most spectacular waterfalls per capita in the world. Please don't fact check that, but it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm going to start listing them here. You've got Ramboda, Girondi, Punaella, Dusanen, Devathura, just to name a few. Definitely one of those places where every 10 minutes we were like Owen Wilson and like, wow. This area is growing and it appears that there are some really nice hotels and resorts going in. So if you do want to crash for the night and not drive back all the way to Candy, you can do it. And you can get up in the morning to view some more waterfalls and enjoy a nice, cool, foggy mountain morning. Otherwise, it's a 90-minute drive back to Candy. We unconventionally rode down to Adams Peak again the next day, which is a three-hour drive from Candy. We didn't hike it at this time. We were just after some cool shots from afar. But again, this area is beautiful, um, rich with tea plantations, lakes, and waterfalls. And Adams Peak itself is sort of a... It's a pilgrimage. Yeah, it's kind of a mecca for some people, right? Yeah, so uh, basically the locals, they no matter the age, they will climb this. I don't don't want to give stats on how high it is but uh, because I have no idea but it's a huge mountain and they all climb it um, for a pilgrimage. Apparently it's supposed to be a really beautiful experience. People leave at 2am and they hike up it. Um, Sometimes they sleep on the mountain, just sleep rough and then wake up for sunrise. We didn't do it but I hear it is a must do from a lot of friends. So let's talk a little bit about this famous Candy to Ella, Ella to Candy train ride. It is consistently voted one of the most beautiful train rides in the world. Whilst the most beautiful, not the most comfortable. But for just a few dollars, you do get a six-hour journey through gorgeous scenic countryside and a glimpse at rural traditional Sri Lankan culture. We found there to be quite a lot of confusion when purchasing tickets. Um, if you do want to book in advance, if you do want to book online, you can buy them in advance, but it has to be 37 days in advance. What? Because we were there around Christmas and New Year's Eve, we know that that's the high season. We weren't sure if the train might be busier, so we bought ours in Colombo about 10 days in advance. We overpaid. It's possible to just go to the station the, in Candy the day that you are leaving and get tickets. But there is a chance that it will be full, so best bet is to go early to purchase. Yeah, so the third class you can't buy um, beforehand. It's only first and second. Um, But the first class doesn't have the open doors for you to hang out of and get that stereotypical Sri Lankan train picture. Gotta get the shot. Gotta, I did it. Um, So you have the classes ranging from first class observation to third class seating, uh, where the train can reach capacity and it is tough to find a spot, especially if you're traveling with a big backpack. You have to get those pointy elbows ready because people do not leave any prisoners. A lot of people standing for the whole time. It didn't look fun. It's really hot. Um, Leanne had to like shove herself in with a family. Well, people, they, they'll put one bag on, on a seat of six and then they'll claim that that seat's reserved. And I'm like, mm-mm, I, I got here first. I'm going to take one of these. You can have the other five. I'm taking one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you shouldn't have to pay more than $20, and it's usually much less. 
but so do be careful with scams. You should not be paying anything more than that for first class. Yeah, we did hear that tour companies will try and purchase up as many tickets as they can when they're released and then sell them back for quite a bit more. Um, we don't think that's what happened to us since we bought them from the train station, but we there's just so much conflicting information, so we wanted to try and give it to you guys straight. If you're there, you can get your ticket the day of. Just pick which time you want to go and then show up an hour early and just plan on hanging at the train station a little bit. Yeah. So moving on to Ella, uh, what a cute and cozy mountain town. It's a super nice size. It's really small, um, but so much beauty around it. It's a really nice place to spend a few days. You've got Dialuma Falls, the Nine Arch Bridge, Little Adams Peak for sunrise or sunset. Yeah, Dialuma Falls is one of the most remarkable things. It like rejuvenated my love for waterfalls. Mm-hmm. I needed to get hit with that because before we went on this trip, he was like, "Oh, I just think I'm ruined for waterfalls after Central and South." Iguazu Falls, guys. If you haven't been there, you don't know. If you've been there, now you know. That's a podcast for another time. Yeah. But Dialuma. It brought it back for him. Unbelievable. It's over 200 meters high. It is a giant drop. Um, and at the very top of it, we got to just hang out in these little pools, literally right right before it drops off. And it's just warm weather, nice cool water, a bunch of fun people hanging out. It you was can a jump fantastic into the water. Kind of natural rock time. water slides, different things like that. Really, really cool stuff. Um, it was about an hour and a half scooter ride from Ella, so easy to do in a day trip. And uh, nice to see that countryside too. When you get back to Ella, this Ella, is just such eh, a. Yeah, eh, eh. We, couldn't, we couldn't stop doing that. Um, we This place just is so cute and cozy. There's so many different little restaurants in town. There's live music, great food. You can get traditional Sri Lankan or any Western food that you can imagine. We really can't recommend this little town enough. You've got to check it out if you're in Sri Lanka. So from there, we headed down to the beaches for New Year's Eve. We ended up on Marissa Beach uh, that evening. There was a big party going on, multiple stages and DJs on the beach, great food, fireworks. The best Um, part, it was free. Every single place on the beach had something going on, and most of it was free. Like There was maybe one or two places you had to pay a cover of about $5, um, but yeah, it was really good. Yeah, just a really cool party. They've got it going on. The southern coast is expansive. It has endless beautiful beaches and those lovely turquoise water that bring out Leanne's eyes. They really do. And uh, there's surfing, snorkeling, diving, although the, di- the snorkeling and the diving, we're not really sure. If you've, been, if you've done it somewhere else, um, like Philippines, Thailand, I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed. But if you're just going to learn, I think it's a great place to learn. It's affordable. And you're going to get to see some sea life. So I wouldn't tell you not to do it, but if you've been to some of the better places around the world, you might want to just look into it. Maybe there's some dives that we didn't see that were available. Uh, There's also whale tours. So there's a big whale migration here. You can do it by boat. You can do it by air. Um, Some people we met where we were staying, they did a whale air tour, and the pictures look amazing because you can actually get the comparison of the whale compared to the ship's. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, And there is also deep-sea fishing for all you fishermen and fisherwomen out there. If you're into that kind of thing, go check it out. Burn your forearms for a day. Uh, We went over to the next bay, which is called Weligama. 
Um, this is a huge bay and there's tons of surf schools. It's a great place to learn to surf as the wave is not very intimidating, but strong enough to give you a good push. We highly recommend Freedom Surf School and Villa. Check out our newest video on YouTube, link in the bio. Yeah, that was a great surf school, really nice staff, really nice owners. The accommodation was really, really, really nice um, and quiet. And yeah, go check them out. We loved surfing in Midigama, which is just about three kilometers east of Weligama. Uh, there's less crowds and a little bigger reef break. So less beginners, more advanced beginners to intermediate to advanced. Uh, it's easy to find board rentals all along this coast. Grab a board and a tuk-tuk from Weligama or Marissa and have them bring you. Because you cannot hire a scooter with a board rack. It is illegal here. Only Bummer. illegal in Willigama, on either side of Willigama and Marissa, we saw them. So this is a little bit confusing as well, but you're just going to have to rent yourself. Either rent a tuk-tuk that you drive, yeah. or for pretty cheap, you can get a tuk-tuk driver just to throw your boards on top and uh, bring you to whatever break you're going. little quick fact check on what Leanne just said. It is three kilometers away, but it's to the west Oh god, why did I why well, don't know why I keep messing east and west? We're not even days. in a different hemisphere and that wouldn't even matter. I know. I am just being a dumbass. <laughs> We've been recording all day, so <laughs> As always, we would like to thank Avail for their continued support. And another reminder to subscribe and review. Please tell your friends. It helps us. It helps you. Help me help you. Check out our website to keep up with any more information we have. And to see our travels live, be sure to follow us at Small Worlds Podcast on all social media. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye-bye.